Turn, please, to the book of Proverbs. Yeah, chapter 4. And let's go on this evening. We've been ministering on the subject of the wisdom of God for some weeks now. And in Proverbs 4 and verse 5, he said, Get wisdom. Get understanding. Now, when the Lord says that, what should we do? If he says get wisdom, you should. (laughs) I was speaking to the students at ORU. And I was encouraging them to be led by the Spirit. And I gave them the three R's. Y'all remember those? Respect and recognize and respond. We talked about some of that. And the Holy Ghost set them up a little bit. I said, you know, if the Holy Ghost leads you to uh, pray, what do you do? They said a whole bunch of pray. I said, if he leads you to give, what do you do? Give. He lead, And we went through a list of stuff. And I said, if he, all your friends are getting ready to go out and party. And he leads you to stay in the dorm and study. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> One of them said, party. And I said, no. No, let's go over this again. No, whatever the Lord leads you to do, what should you do? You do that. He says, get wisdom. Then that means we shouldn't just say, well, now, Lord, we're waiting on you. No, he said, get it. That must mean it's already available. So we don't just have to beg incessantly for God to give us wisdom. It's available to us. We are to what? Get it. Verse 5, get wisdom. Get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Now that gives you a big clue as to where and how you get it. It comes from his mouth, the words of his mouth. So one of the first places you are to run when you're ready to get your wisdom is where? Right here. Get in the book and get the wisdom. And he said, forget it not, don't decline from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, she'll preserve you, love her, she'll keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Get it, get it. And with all your getting, get understanding. Get it. Then he goes on talking about what wisdom will do for you. She'll promote you. She'll bring you to honor. She'll give you a head of ornament of grace. Crown of glory. She'll deliver to you. Years of your life will be many. And the list goes on and on. We've looked at it. Riches and honor in one hand and long life in the other hand when wisdom comes in. We've talked about these things. Should we be hungry for wisdom? Should we be about the business of getting our wisdom and understanding? Well, that's why we're having the series. That's what we come here on Friday nights to do. Not just talk about it and say, hmm, isn't that wisdom great? No, we come to get some. Right? And take some with us when we leave. Some more. Because it's available right here in the Word by the Spirit of God. And isn't it great you're not limited to what I know? Amen. Hallelujah. Let me say that again real slow. Isn't it great you're not limited to what I know? The spirit of wisdom is able to communicate to you all kind of things that are not even specifically said tonight. And wisdom is not just about knowledge, but the spirit of wisdom. 
the ability and the skill of knowing what to do and when and how in every situation. Can you become more skilled at life? You should. You should be more skilled at living life in God as pleases God up to God's standard this year than last year. And better skilled next year than this as the Lord tears is coming. So let me review a little bit for those that haven't been with us now. We talked about the importance of wisdom. We talked about being teachable and correctable. We talked about how important our words are. I mean, Proverbs is full of it. If you're going to talk about wisdom, you've got to talk. A wise man or woman watches what they say. And we talked about how the Bible says, if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. But if you're a companion of fools, you'll pay for it. So does it make any difference who you hang out with, who you fellowship with? Oh, huge. And because of that, see, God has already ordained and set you up to be involved with people that are have wisdom and faith so that you're influenced by it. But the devil seeks to separate you from these people. And so see to it that he is not successful. Also, we talked about that there is a devilish wisdom as well as a godly wisdom. There is ungodly counsel. And we talked about all that. We talked about the wisdom of Daniel. There's so much to learn there. We talked about wisdom and riches. And we finished up talking about wisdom and riches, the second part of it, last Friday. But look with me at a scripture that we kind of ended up with in the 27th chapter of Proverbs. We were talking about wisdom and riches. And we got to this, and I want to pick up here and go on with really another thought. Proverbs 27 and 23. 27, 23. Be thou diligent to know the state of your flocks, and look well to your herds. For riches are not forever, and does the crown endure to every generation. Now what he's saying is, It's not automatic. And just because grandpa got rich and daddy got rich, if you don't keep doing the right things, you can lose it. You got to be diligent. You got to know what's going on with your stuff. And you got to look well. You can't, you know, so many times people in faith circles, they call it faith, but it's not. They just fly by the seat of their pants. We're just going to believe everything's going to be all right. Even got people that write checks and there's no money in the bank. We're just going to believe that God will get the money in there. You know, no, that's got nothing to do with faith. Nothing. What did he say? Be diligent to know the state of your stuff. You are to know if you owe money, you are to know the exact payoff. You are to know the interest amount. You are to know what's principal and what's interest and what you're focusing on to pay off first, right? You are to have a vision. You know the total. You know the parts. There's no such thing as I'm in faith, but I don't have a clue what's going on with my finances. You don't even know what to put your faith on. Are y'all with me now? No. Faith is not playing ostrich. 
sticking your head in the sand, pretending you got nothing to deal with. The creditor called and you go, I have no bills in Jesus' name. <laughs> How are you going to be on the street? Because you are not wise. You're foolish. The wise person stays on top of stuff. Now let me stop right here. That is not the same as worrying about your stuff. Some people, they checked it and they checked it and they've checked it nine times and they knew what it was the first time. They're just worrying about it. Scared. And that's just as bad as not even keeping up with it. Did you hear me now? Because you're not in faith. Once you know, you know. Don't fret about it. Don't pace the floor. Let me do them figures again. Oh, help us, Jesus. <laughs> when we first started this church with no congregation, as a couple of nights, I spent some time with my calculator looking at it. And after a bit, I knew what there was and I knew what it was going to take and just to get started and I couldn't figure out how I could do it. I could not figure it out. You know why? Because I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't book enough meetings. I couldn't do enough, which I refused to do that anyway. But I couldn't have come up with a plan or, you know, I refused to ask anybody. And what do you do? Once I knew there come a time I had to put the calculator away. I just had to put it away. And so, well, I know. (laughs) And here we go. I'll do what I can do, but God, you got to come through. Oh, this thing, this thing ain't going to happen. But like, you know, we did and he did and it is. You are. Amen. That's the way you operate too. So two sides of this. But keep reading. We got into this. He said, the hay appears and the tender grass shows itself and herbs of the mountains are gathered. The lambs are for your clothing and the goats are the price of the field. And you shall have goat's milk enough for your food. You'll have food for your household and the maintenance of your maidens. In other words, all your needs will be met. You'll have everything you need. And let's go back and see if you do what? You're diligent to know. You look well to your stuff. And then verse 26, we got into this. The lambs are for your clothing And the goats are, in other words, we could say the goats are for the price of the field. This is an agrarian society, livestock and crops. So when your lambs come in, it's like a crop of sheep, your new sheep, your lambs, and you sell your lambs or you sell your sheep and you got some money coming in, it ain't time to just blow it on something. He said, you need to know that that is for your clothing. Are y'all with me now? Then he said, and your goats. When you sell your goats and you get money off your goats, you need to know that is for your field. That's to buy a field with. Now see, foolish people, 
God will bring them money. And it should be for the kids. It should be to pay off the mortgage. It should be to do this. But they'll do something else with it. Don't get too quiet now. <laughs> I thought we was through with that last week, Brother Keith. <laughs> now, come on. You can handle this, right? A wise person, here's the word, a wise person, well, hold your place. Instead of me quoting it, you read it. You'll get more out of it. Turn over to Ecclesiastes. You're there close by. Ecclesiastes, I believe it's the 8th chapter. Ecclesiastes 8 and 5. Whoever keeps the commandment shall feel no evil thing. When you obey God, do you get cursed? No, you get blessed. And a wise man's heart does what? Discerns both time and judgment. Talking about the wisdom of God now. A wise man, a wise woman's heart will discern. Now, people use the word discernment and even talk about the gift of discernment. And the Bible doesn't even mention such a thing. Well, I've got the gift of discernment. Usually they're talking about suspicion. <laughs> Some folks say, Brother Keith, you're wrong. No, no, read your Bible. Discerning of spirits. Nothing about a gift of discernment. And these things are not what you turn off and on like a switch either. These are the manifestations of the Spirit of God through you as you yield to Him. But there is a discernment that all of us are supposed to develop in. All of us. As we develop and increase in the wisdom of God. So instead of having goofy pseudo-spiritual ideas about discernment, what is discernment? The word literally means to differ. Another word is distinguish. To distinguish. Which is saying the same thing. Let me read it further to you. Both the Old and the New Testaments, you see these three main ideas, and really they're the same thing. To distinguish, to discriminate, to differentiate, which are all saying some of the same thing, to be able to tell one from another, differ, to tell the difference. That's what discernment is. To be able to recognize, acknowledge, know, and tell the difference. Now, the fool does not differentiate. To the fool, it's all the same. Fool doesn't tell the difference. I shouldn't say fool. The correct word is simple. That's all right to say fool under the right circumstances. Jesus did and Paul did. But uh, it's not all right to say, Reka, you are a completely worthless individual. That's the passage you may be thinking about right now. Let's talk about this for a bit. Simplicity. 
Simple means you don't have discernment, you don't have understanding. For instance, there's some people who have discernment of fabrics. Others, it just all looks like wool. (laughs) Well, wool is wool, ain't it? No. There are different weaves, there are different weights. Phyllis knows jewelry. I don't. She says sometimes, did you see that ring? And I went, yeah. (laughs) So it had a shiny rock. (laughs) I don't know too much about it. But is there a difference? You got, well, rings is rings. (laughs) No, you're simple. (laughs) You're simple concerning rings. You know, you get in the cockpit of an airplane. There's a lot of switches and a lot of gauges. You might say, hey, gauges is gauges. <laughs> we were coming back one night with the Hagens in their fine aircraft. This is some years ago. And one of the, the crusade directors, little boy, how old was he? Two or three? Three years old, maybe. He bad wanted to come up and look in the cockpit. He's in the back. I finally told the guy, I was in the jump seat, the third seat, and I said, well, he can, because I wasn't flying, he said, he can sit with me, because we're about this far from the panel. And in this particular thing, boy, at nighttime, this thing's lit up like a Christmas tree. I mean, it's got, oh, all kind of stuff. And he sat there in my lap, and I held his little hands. (laughs) And his eyes are about this big, and he just sat there quiet for, I don't know, probably a long time for him. And finally, he looked around at me, and he said, There's a lot of things to push and a lot of things to pull. (laughs) He saw all these switches and all. And so I got a hold of his hands a little bit tighter. And I said, said, yeah, but we don't want to pull any of them or push any of them right now. (laughs) You might just look at it and go, gauges are gauges. No, they're not all the same. And switches are switches. No, there's some switches you could flip. And it wouldn't do much. And there's other buttons you can push. And a whole engine will shut down. Just one button. But if you're simple concerning that. You can't tell the difference. But if you have understanding and discernment. You know what looks the same to somebody else. Is a world of difference to you. Are you with me now? That's what discernment is. Well in life. And in God. There's much more difference than what many people know. Some people look into something and think, well, this prayer is prayer, isn't it? No. Well, it's just all the same, isn't it? No, no. It's just you're simple concerning that. Where are you now? Yeah, Ecclesiastes. Wise man heart does what? Discerns. Discerns. Now go with me to First Kings and read the prayer that Solomon prayed when God gave him wisdom because it reveals this. First Kings 3. First Kings 3, verse 5, 3, 5. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon 
in a dream by night. Well, did he really appear to him? Yeah. But it says it was in a dream. But he really did appear to it. Ask what I will give you. And so Solomon did. Among other things, verse 9, he got down to it. He said, give your servant a what? Understanding heart. heart. Now that is also the word that's used for discerning and distinguishing. The Hebrew literally says hearing. Give your servant an understanding or discerning heart to judge your people that I may what? discern between good and bad. Well, don't you already know the difference between good and bad? Not like I need to, is what he's saying. He's grown up under David, a man who knew God. He's grown up under some outstanding instruction and help. But that's the thing. The wiser you are and the more you learn, the more you see there is to learn. And to know fools think they know it all. In any area. I don't care. I don't care if you've been the so-called expert in something for 50 years. And let's say you're the best in the world. The moment you begin to say, I know it. I know everything there is to know about this. You just darkened yourself. Because what the Bible say? If any man think. That he knows anything. Remember we read that? Is that 1 Corinthians 8? If any man think that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. This life just ain't long enough to learn much. Thank God for what we know, but... I mean, the Apostle Paul caught up to the third heaven. He's seen the Lord Jesus more than one occasion. The revelation that God had flowing through him, and he said, we know in part what he said well if he knew in part what do a lot of people know (laughs) just maybe part of a part of a part and a lot of folk less than that (laughs) he said lord give me give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that i may discern between good and bad for who's able to judge this you're so great a people and the speech pleased the lord That the Lord had asked this thing. And all this happened in a dream now. But it's really happening. And God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life. Now see, he's asking it for his people, isn't he? You didn't ask for yourself long life. You didn't ask riches for yourself. You didn't ask for the life of your enemies. But you have asked for yourself understanding. To discern judgment. Behold, I have done so. According to your words, I have given you a wise and a what? Now we know that means a heart with discernment. A heart that knows the difference. Can tell the difference. So that there was none like you before you. Neither shall there any arise like unto you. And I've also given you what you've not asked. Both riches and honor. Now we saw that in the scripture. Why did he say riches and honor you'll get too? Because it comes with wisdom. We saw that in Proverbs. It says in one hand is long life, length of days, and in the other is riches and honor. 
You don't get wisdom does not come with poverty. Wisdom doesn't travel with poverty and short life. He said so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days. And if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David did walk. Then I what? Lengthen your days. It comes with wisdom. It comes along with. It's part and parcel of. Now look at again. What did he ask him for? Verse 9. What did he ask him for? Understanding heart so he could what? So he could what else? He could discern between good and bad. Discernment. Now notice with me. In the book of, uh, let's see if I wrote this down or not. Job is where I want you to go to. Lord help me to find it. Thank you. I opened right to it. <laughs> 34. Because <laughs> there's quite a few verses in Job. I didn't have that one written. Job 34 and 3. Thank you for your help, Lord. Listen to this. Job 34, 3. Are you there? It says, For what? For the ear. Tries words as the mouth tastes meat. This has to do with discernment. A hearing, the Hebrew literally said, a hearing. Heart and ability to discern and understand. Hearing, what does that mean? Well, there are people who can taste food, especially really good cooks. Can't they? And they go, mm-hmm, there's some garlic and that's a little bit of sugar and salt. What is that? Turmeric? What is that? Uh, and they can name off everything that's in there. But the simple, they go, that's good. <laughs> What's in it? I don't know. It's good. <laughs> but they don't discern and differentiate in what they're tasting. Now notice this. What does this say? Just like the palate or the tongue discerns food. How does this work? The ear. Tries and discerns what? Words. See so many times folk don't know what they're hearing. They don't discern it. Do you remember one time Jesus, out with a whole group of people, he cried out to the Lord, you know, to help him and that he would glorify the Father and to be glorified in him. And the Father God answered him. I mean, right out of the sky in an audible voice. Remember that? He said, I have glorified it and I will glorify. I mean, just like what you just heard me say, only much stronger. And some of the people said, an angel spoke to him. And some of the other people said, I think it thundered. That was thunder, wasn't it? They heard the same thing. I said, they heard the same thing. One could discern and taste what it really was. The other didn't have a clue 
what they just heard. It's that way all the time. Whether you're talking with somebody one-on-one, whether you're reading your chapter out loud in the day, whether you're in the service here at night. I mean, in all churches, there's people come together. People sit side by side, in front and behind. One person leaves, life changed. I mean answers, things happen inside them. Another person leave, bored. Heard the same thing, but didn't hear the same thing. They heard it, but didn't what? Didn't discern what they heard. Didn't understand what they heard. Didn't differentiate. Now go with me to, uh, back to Proverbs, please. Back to Proverbs. And let's read a couple of these. Proverbs 1, first chapter. In Proverbs, the first chapter, and the uh, 20, let's see, the fourth verse, first of all, Proverbs 1, 4, he's talking about the purpose of this book. And he said in verse 4, it is to give subtlety, or that word literally means discretion, to the simple. And again, to the young man, knowledge and discretion, actually the margin says advisement, or one translation says a plan. Does some folk need a plan? A plan. Discretion, discernment, and he goes on to say, and a plan. Now in verse 22, he says this, verse 22, how long... You simple ones, will you love what? Now, is simplicity a good thing? You have to discern what you're talking about because, uh, for instance, in Second Corinthians, what is it, the 11th chapter, he says, I'm concerned lest your minds be corrupted from the simplicity. That is in Christ. One thing that will help us on this is the scripture said, I would have you wise concerning good but simple concerning evil you don't want to be simple when it comes to the things of God you want to have understanding you want to discern and understand but concerning evil stuff there's a lot of stuff you don't need to know how do they do that you don't even need to know how do they get into all that how does all that work you do not need to know You need to be simple. You need to go, duh, I don't know. (laughs) You're just simple. Yep, concerning evil. And happy about it. Simpler you are about that, the happier you will be. But concerning the things of God, you don't want to be simple. You want to have understanding, advanced understanding. And continually increase in discernment and knowledge. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge? We've already talked about this. You have to crave wisdom. You have to cry out for it. You have to want to know. When the Lord says, there's a lot more to this than you've seen, what should you say? I want to see it. I want to know it. Because so much of our problems has to do with ignorance, doesn't it? Just ignorance. Can you look back, anybody that's walked with the Lord for any length of time, can you look back and see some stuff that you were just 
confused and bum-fuzzled about years ago, but now looking back, you're going, man, just ignorant. I mean, there was nothing to be confused about. Look what I was doing. Look what I was saying. But at the time, you didn't see it. You thought you were doing okey-doke. Simple. You couldn't tell any difference. Now, you hear this. Now, what he says, how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? You hear people say it like this. It's popular in youth culture. You be talking about something. Somebody's trying to tell you that there's more to this than what you're looking at. And somebody go roll their eyes and go, whatever. What does that mean? That means I'm simple. I don't know the difference. I don't want to know the difference. What is that? That's a fool. It's one thing if you didn't see and didn't know, but when it is brought to your attention and you begin to see, hey, there's more to this than I knew there was. That's not when you go, ah, whatever. I mean, or you hear this phrase, what's the difference? You ever heard that? What difference does it make? That is the language of simpletons who are now also being fools. Because they're, what the Bible say? My people are destroyed. Why? But that's not where the verse ends. Because they what? They have rejected knowledge. That's what Hosea says. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's not the end of the verse. It goes on to say, because they have rejected knowledge. See, when light comes, and it shows up that you haven't known some things. You haven't done some things right. You'll do one of two things. You'll either harden yourself and resist it and make excuses. Try to find fault with people that do have it. Or you'll humble yourself and admit it and go, teach me. Tell me. If you don't speak in tongues, you can either... Find fault with people that do. Or you can find one. And go, hey man. <laughs> how you do that? Right? But what does that take? It takes humility. You got to humble yourself and admit somebody is into something beyond you that you need. Somebody's prospering and going off and giving like a house of fire. You can either find fault with it and talk about them. Well... Maybe so, but did you know this? And did you see that? And I just don't. You need to go to them and go, hey man, how you doing that? I mean, you're doing so much better than me. How'd you do that? But see, people don't, I mean, your flesh don't want to do that. Discerning. See, people like to believe They already are at the pinnacle. (laughs) Brother Hagin used to talk about, he has a book called Growing Up Spiritually. And he talks about, uh, what is it, the babyhood stage? What's the next one? Childhood stage and then the adult stage. And a lot of times people read, they already, before they start reading, they figure, you know, I'm probably adult. Before they even start reading. Yeah, you know, so we just kind of read fast through this babyhood and childhood because we get over here to where we are. And people like to feel like, boy, our church 
is it. And boy, we're big and we're this and we're that. And the truth is, are y'all with me? Faith Life Church is not big. So looking at me like, oh, we're doing okay. We're... Now thank God, thank God for it, but. You ain't got no money. Well, I, I believe God I got that 20,000. I know it, but. Well, I got three million. Oh, brother, help us now. See, when you get to the place where now I know what I'm doing and I've got it. And we, you know, I'm. I may not know everything, but everybody do this. What does that mean? Compared to what there is to see and know and do and understand, We're thankful for this. We are all we're thankful because you Stu, it was this. It was right. <laughs> so we're thankful for this. We are. But let us not be proud. Let us not be haughty. Let's not be deceived and be fools into thinking, well, we're probably ninety eight percent there. No. No, no. There are churches that run 50,000 on Sunday morning. 300,000. So, well, Brother Keith, <laughs> they're in cities of millions. Do you know how many people are within driving distance of this place? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. Many of them going to church nowhere. You know how many could join us by internet? Millions could. Is that right? But we can't get to feeling like, oh man, we, man, we knocking it out now. We, whoo. That's not having discernment. That's not realizing what else is available. What else is there? And that's what the wisdom of God comes up in you. And yet, don't misunderstand me, you're always thankful for everything God is doing for you, but you don't get canned in and locked in and fishbowl vision and think, man, I'm probably doing better than most everybody else and almost the best in the world. No, 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 no. God will give you discernment. How many believe tonight, tomorrow, next week, days to come, we could have an opening of our mind, an opening of our spirit and our heart. And we could see things we never thought about seeing. We could see and think in terms and dimensions and size that had never crossed our mind. And not just wishful thinking or a fruitless dreaming, but really see it and see it in faith. Can you say amen? Discern also means to see. To see it. And if you can see it. 
you can have it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you can do it. Do you believe it now? I think I'm closing, but let me give you this little story. The first airplane that the Lord did with Phyllis and I to believe for, this little single engine, very, very nice, but I mean, I came from a place in the country in Mississippi, I never knew anybody that had an airplane or flew an airplane. Nobody. I didn't know anybody that knew anybody (laughs) that had an airplane. Do you know what I mean by that? I'd never flown in an airplane till I, you know, got to school and flew commercially a little bit. But all my life, we'd never been in an airplane or around an airplane or at the airport. I was picking peas. Anybody with me? Do you know what I'm talking about? I had mud between my toes. And the Lord began to deal with me. Let's believe God for this airplane and pay cash for it. Man, it seemed like impossibility. And I found out they got little parts on these airplanes this big. Cost $30,000. And it gets a lot worse mileage than your pickup. Oh, brother, when you pull up and say, top her off, fill her up. You better have more than $100 around. But yet I knew it in my heart. Believe for it. Well, thank God for Brother Kenneth Copeland. I mean, he believed in for aviation when I wasn't even thinking about being in the ministry and had stuck to it so steadfastly. And we were friends and he helping me and I'd go down to his place. He'd say, Keith, get up there in my airplane and make airplane noises. <laughs> so I'd get up there in his and spit on the windshield. Hey, you know what I mean by that? <laughs> Why? Why would he say do that? Because that's my biggest thing. Discerning. Seeing. Me. Phyllis and me with it. And so I knew it. And I'd get pictures of it. And I'd put it up on the refrigerator. And and I'd talk about it. Phyllis and I'd talk about it. And I'd close my eyes. And I'd try to see me and her in there. And that was the plane. And I look in the window. And it's Brother Kenneth. And I look in the back and it was Miss Gloria. And me and Phyllis is standing on the tarmac waving. I thought, no, 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 no. I got to see something else. So I'd work on it and I'd feed my faith and I'd try to get this thing in my spirit. And I'll be honest with you, that's the biggest challenge I had. I'd try to get it in my spirit, but the tail was too tall. And the wings were too wide and it wouldn't go in. And I'm like... Do you know what I'm talking about or not? What am I talking about? I got to see me in it. It's got to be mine. Not just for somebody else. But see, I never known anybody that had an airplane. This is so new to me. So I'm believing. And we're sowing our seed. And we're talking it. And we're confessing it. And we're building our faith. And we're stretching. God's stretching us and stretching us and, and stretching us. And I'd 
close my eyes and try to see it and still me and Phyllis is on the tarmac waving at somebody. No, no, no. Finally, it took a little bit. Wasn't God's fault. Well, I said it wasn't God's fault. But see, I'm not just dealing with just me. I'm dealing with generations of poor mowers. That's my last name. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Generation of poor mowers. Not ever thinking about, not even considering that you might have something like that. (laughs) A lot of y'all dealing with the same thing. But one day, one day, one day, one day I closed my eyes and I looked in the cockpit and looked down at the yoke and that was my hands. My, that's Keith's hands. I looked down and seen whose hand was on the throttle. It was mine. It was me. I'm flying this thing. And it's mine. And look in the back and guess who was there? Phyllis was back there. Drinking a pair of I said, hey. She said, hey. I said, we going. She said, I know it. We gone. And it wasn't months after I could see that till the thing was sitting in the hangar paid for. Now I use that illustration, but it works on a healing. It works on a marriage. It works on sowing big seed into the kingdom of God. Anything, if you can discern it, if you can see it, you can see you doing it, see you with it, see you being it, you can have it. You can be it. You can do it. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, please. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. One thing that helps big time is praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says you pray out mysteries. You pray out divine secrets. So let's act on it a little bit. Say it out loud. Father God. Enlighten the eyes of my heart and understanding. Give unto me an understanding heart to discern between good and evil, important and unimportant, precious and worthless. I ask for it and help me to pray out. Mysteries concerning your plan for me and all mine. Your perfect will, your highest and best. Enlarge my insides. Enlarge my heart that I may embrace your plan. Now pray in the Spirit. Oh, Koelachi. Eagle, I don't mind. About our future. Nambeka. Abada. Oh, basa. Aladio. Ocha. Dio. Ote. Jodia. Ataba. Achete. 
Ambagare bre salata dolce la dotia de vedecia. Presa no se la dolce la. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Makalevla madivada barajo de vedeje. Levia le blimio so son de gulavandi le membala la shushade. Vame garembrishia sho de la vadia jidivede adivasade. Oh, enlarge our insides. Manka tawala jota is. Do o la zele e da asa. Breza asa. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. One of the big things that holds people back, people of God, is just what held the first generation out of the promised land. They don't see themselves right. When it came to possessing the land, you remember what they said? We were in their eyes. As grasshoppers. And so were we. In our own eyes. We're just bugs. We're insects. Now you will not possess. Great and good things. If you only see yourself. As a bug. Well brother Keith. I'm just this. that. Hey. I told you where I came from. Poor. Dumb. Broke. God can use anybody, anybody, anybody from anywhere if you can think big. If you can say, yeah, yeah, God could use me for that. That's not too big for God. Say it again, enlarge me. Close your eyes, say enlarge me. Do whatever you would. Nothing's too big for you to do through me. Nothing's too big. Oh, hallelujah. If you can conceive it, you can receive it, you can believe it. Oh, you can have it, you can do it, you can be it. Say, God can use me. God can use me. As big as He chooses. As far as he desires, he can use me. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.